Hi, my name is William Breedlove. My story kind of goes like this. I was born in California, raised in Minnesota, until the time of Vietnam, and I was off for Vietnam. Before that happened, family life pretty much dissolved when I was about 13 and my mother got sick and later died when I was 16. Kind of on my own, hit the streets and lived self-sufficiently until I went to the service. After the service, I decided to stay in California and take up residency there. Through this time, I got married in California to a Lutheran gal, and um, accepted Christ in the early 70s, went to church, joined the choir, became an elder, actively led a Christian life, or so I thought. It became a passive Christian life, one that I believed in Jesus, I was saved through his grace, I'm going to heaven. But I didn't take that with me into the work world, I left it at church, I left it at the Bible study, and I thought I was doing okay. I spent most of my life that way. As the kids grew up, they went off to college. It was time to move and get out of California. I picked Texas. 94, I moved out here. Uh, I thought I was ready to kick back some. Bought the lake house. Had a good time. In the back of my mind, however, I did this because nobody in my family seemed to live past the mid-50s, and I was going to have some fun because I was pretty certain I, too, was going to die at about the age my father did, at age 56. Well, we came close. Sure enough, I had the heart attack. But as I sat there struggling for air, I prayed <laughs> and stayed alive. I got an artificial valve put in me and lived. But this is when things started to change for me. With my heart attack, little did I know that I was receiving blood clots, blood clots that were going to my brain, killing it off. And for the next five years, I was struggling with dementia. Dementia that I, I didn't know I had, because it was the last thing that they figured out. They tested me for everything, but over this five-year period of time, I began to lose body function. Memory was going, confusion 
was coming in. I was having a difficult time and it seemed to be getting worse and the doctors couldn't tell me anything. They just would give me another test. And I reached a critical, critical point. And by the time that I had my MRI and they discovered that my brain looked like Swiss cheese, that I had dementia and there was no cure, I knew I was going to die of stupidity. One day things just weren't going to turn on. Well in that five year period of time I also lost my wife. The marriage ended. The lake house had to be sold. The finances and the money that was put away was gone. I was getting worse. In fact, it was reaching a point where I was giving up. For those who aren't familiar, a lot of us have heard through our church services this, the Damascus story of Paul being touched by God. Well, in a similar vein, that happened to me as well. A day that I was going to help somebody um, on a project that I knew how to do, but didn't have the physical strength to do it. In fact, I was having a problem driving at that point. Thought that, well, to make a couple hundred dollars, I needed a couple hundred dollars. Now at this time, I was living in my camper. I said the lake house was gone, the money was gone, the wife was gone, even my dog died. Uh, looking pretty bleak. I currently now live in the Granbury area and this project was up in Fort Worth. Police stopped me, gave me a speeding ticket. The last thing I needed, a $200 ticket, got caught in a speed trap that I knew was there but because of the way my mind was working, uh, I forgot about it walked right into it. I was so upset that I basically was having a breakdown. I was shaking so violently I couldn't even sign the ticket. Had to get out of the car and walk around and I was at Benbrook Park. I walked around Benbrook Park shaking and screaming at God, screaming at the top of my lungs. I didn't care who was looking at me, where I was, but I was screaming. But the scream also turned into a plea, a cry for help. But I was screaming to the heavens that I just can't take it anymore. I was giving up. I didn't care. I wanted to die right then and there. 
I knew my future was pretty dim. It was just going to get worse. And it was at that moment that what I'm about to share with you started. <laughs> I call it the hand of God touched me. I went on to do this project, went to a home. I was to refinish or to assist and guide people to refinish a bedroom floor, a new floor that had been put in. The first thing that occurred was as I pulled up to this house, a giant tree in their front yard had fallen. The two helpers that I would need to do this project were fully consumed with taking care of the broken water lines and cutting up this tree. Oh, it was a big tree, huge tree. I stood in this room going, I can't do any of this. I don't have the coordination. I don't, I don't have the strength. Everything is gone. The dementia has taken its toll. I walk like a hundred-year-old man. I thought like a hundred and twenty-year-old man. I was a shell of what I was. But because they were busy outside, I thought I would begin to do something. Prepare it, get it ready, whatever I could do. In these two and a half days of what I had figured would take two men three days to complete, I did the entire job by myself in less than seven hours, spread over these two and a half days. Amazing. Simply amazing. My strength returned, my coordination returned. Wood transformed itself. Fumes from lacquer thinners were gone. Sawdust that was created in the room disappeared. Amazing, absolutely amazing. All happening and following a story around Gideon. And why I say that is because the topper to this was the fact that I was using lamb's wool for part of this project. <laughs> and just like the story says, one day it was wet and everything was dry. The next day, it was dry and everything around it was wet. As I began to sand the floor, oak floor, trying to remove divots that were a quarter to three-eighths of an inch deep with one swipe of an industrial size sander that would throw a normal man into the wall if not held just right. I was operating with one hand passing over these wood divots with one pass and they were gone. Simply gone. 
and leaving behind a mirrored finish. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I couldn't explain it. And with my mind, I didn't really try. It was just wow, wow, and wow. When I went to wipe up sawdust in this room, there was none to wipe up. When I went to putty this brand new floor, and anybody who's worked with floors, anybody working with wood, you're going to use a little bit of putty to fill in the cracks and fill in the imperfections. There was none, absolutely none. I couldn't get rid of one daub of putty on my putty knife. An entire floor, good sized floor, maybe 20 by 20. It's a good sized room. Amazing. With, with lacquer thinner, uh, no fumes. And there was five women in this house. None of them smelt a thing. I was amazed again. Wow, you didn't smell women's, you can smell every odor, every odor. I thought this would really be a problem, but there was no problem. There was no problem in, as I said, the sawdust. None left the room. And as it turned out, there was none in the room. Prep the floor. Got it all ready. Doing it in, 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 when I say supernatural, it's like time stood still. Science changed. Nature changed. Elements like the wood changed. I was using a very difficult finish to finish the floor. I was using shellac and if anybody in my age group you've used it it was the worst kind of finishes to ever use it took coat upon coat upon coat sand upon sanding upon sanding to get a finish using this stuff very sensitive to the weather very sensitive to drying and curing um, you couldn't you couldn't uh, get rid of your brush strokes. This is where my lamb's wool comes into place. I found some and thought this is perfect for an applicator. As I use this, I'm finding that one pass on the floor was leaving a mirrored finish. Now this should take seven or eight coats. After the first course, for first finish was laid down, I looked at my clock and totally in amazement. I did the entire thing in 10 minutes on bad knees. It, that can't be done. It just cannot be done. Um, I thought there was something wrong with the clock. Maybe I misread it. When I was through with it, I knew that this applicator would be history. I threw it out the door, knowing that the next day I would be using a brand new lamb's wool for a second coat to be applied. However, when I arrived in the morning, I found that this was still drenching wet. Normally, this type of finished shellac 
tax in seconds. You don't even have a minute. You have seconds before it starts to tack and get sticky. But I found my applicator dripping, dripping wet. Now, I had planned on removing it and replacing th this wooden block applicator with a brand new piece of lamb's wool. I couldn't get the old one off. I tried cutting it, tried prying it off. I tried ripping it off to no avail and found that in my efforts, it was in such good shape, I did an unheard of thing. I used it a second time. <laughs> I gave up trying to get it off. But it wasn't sticky. It was dripping wet. I used it a second time. Again, I'm done in less than 10 minutes. And this was one of the best finishes I had ever laid on something. And I say this out of retrospect. One of the companies that I had in California was a flooring company. And I had spent many an hour, many a day refinishing thousands of square feet of floor. So I know what I was doing. And this was just simply unheard of. It just just not the norm. But I threw this pan with this applicator in it outside and I remember it teetering on the on the porch stoop almost ready to fall into the dirt which would have just been an uglier mess for me the next day. Of course it didn't. And after I got finished using it a second time I threw it out the front door and it landed in almost the exact same spot and teetered just like the first one did, almost falling into the dirt. This is the morning of the third day and I came back to this house expecting the floor to be messed up because the temperature was wrong outside, the humidity was wrong. There is no reason in the world scientifically or by nature that this floor should have been dry. It not only was dry, it was hard dried, which means that it was capable of being sanded. But I looked at that floor and decided that two coats, I'm stopping. It's one of the most beautiful finishes I have ever put down. It looked like a grand piano. It was so smooth and so shiny and without any distortion, no brush strokes, anything. I wasn't going to touch it. Good to go. I told the gal, you're finished. You can move the furniture back in. I'm done. And it was a beautiful match uh, to the rest of the, the flooring in the, in the house. And when I told the people there that I'm going to pack up. We're, we're done. We are done. And I went out onto that front stoop and picked up this pan with this applicator that I had used now twice. It was dry as can be, like it sat in Death Valley for a week. It was bone dry. 
but yet we had dew on the grass and things were wet. Humidity factor was somewhere in the 90%, which is another reason this, this type of finish cannot be used. In high humidity, it would, it would just never dry uh, or it would turn white, but it certainly wouldn't do what it did do. And the moment that I picked up this pan and seeing that the lamp's wool in it was completely dry, my eyes were opened and everything made sense for all the supernatural events that had just taken place. I went home and tried to analyze this information. Stunning, stunning, stunning. I went to a pastor and said, this is what happened. What do you think? And he didn't say a word, but he opened the Bible up to the story of Gideon. And he said, read it. And I did. And the fleece was there. And I just, my jaw had just dropped open. It, it, it was amazing that I could see the similarities, the parallels of what was happening in my own life and the story of Gideon. And I know this was God sent because the last thing that I was reading in the story of Gideon is when he conquered this army of the Midianites. He surrounded an army of soldiers and he surrounded them with 300 men. And these 300 men used lights and sound to conquer them. He hid the lights in clay pots and he used the shofar. And between those two, he fooled that army into killing themselves. They panicked. My specialty in my career has been special effects lighting and sound. I thought I was the first one to ever use surround sound when it first came out. That was in 1979. Gideon had used it several thousand years earlier. <laughs> but when I read that statement, of Gideon using special effects, lighting, and sound, and knowing that my career was based on this, it was the undenying doubt that everything that had just happened to me came from the Lord. I was stumped for days I walked in a stupor, but it was a supernatural stupor. It was a an anointing that is hard to explain unless it's somebody who's been there. Yeah, I truly had a Damascus experience, all right. When you're touched 
by the Holy Spirit, by Jesus. It doesn't matter the fact that I was touched by that invisible hand. I was worth saving. I still had more life. I was in awe. And the story goes on. Remember I said I had dementia. Well, dementia is the next step above Alzheimer's. Not only is my mind foggy and hazy and going down, but I was losing body parts. My hand didn't work right. My arm didn't function. One of my legs actually didn't know how to step backwards. My balance was way off. My depth perception was gone. I was having a hard time just functioning. Those three days that I was at that house working on this project, full strength, full coordination, it didn't last. I mean, I went back to my crippled state. And in that crippled state, there was hardly a day that went by that I didn't continue to fall. I bled daily. I cut myself. I bruised myself. I took falls that just would wipe me out. I couldn't walk very well. So needless to say, yes, I took I took big falls. I took big falls. And anybody that is on blood thinners from a heart operation knows that your skin gets rather thin and it doesn't take much to bleed. Well, when you smash yourself up against a wall or on, on a step, I mean, you just bust yourself wide open and you bleed and you bleed. Well, for this time that I spent in this state of awe, a state of awe, uh, I don't know how to describe it. One of the scriptures that I was led to, and there was many, but I was led to certain scriptures for certain reasons and certain purposes. And one of those scriptures was Psalms 91, still one of my favorites. In it, it talks about the angels being given to protect and that they hold you in their hands or get caught in their hands. Um, I'd almost like to, to read it. But they keep you from stumbling on a stone, striking your foot on a stone, for they'll catch you and guard you. And this is what happened to me. I would take a fall and no fooling. I'm not joking about this. I would be in a horizontal position to the ground and I'd never hit the ground. It was as if those very angels caught me in their arms and set me back on my feet. And I would stand there on my feet 
looking up and looking around in amazement because I never hit the ground. And this didn't just happen once or twice. This almost happened on a daily basis of being caught. I could almost feel the hands under me lifting me back on my feet. This is taking a fall from as high as four or five foot off the back end of a semi-trailer, loading dock height. It's about four foot. And I would take an endo off of that and never hit the ground, but stand in amazement. This was all just for me. It was just for me, tailor-made. My testimony is his testimony to show me the power that's in God's hands for those who seek it, those who want it, those who desire that intimacy. Oh, I wanted the intimacy. You can't go through an experience without realizing how much God loves you, how much He wants you, how much He wants to keep you from those demonic forces trying to take you down. It was glorious. I was in praise and worship every day. And I prayed for everything except for myself. I was so caught up in the joy of knowing that God wasn't through with me yet, that there was something planned, or he wouldn't have gone out of his way the way he did with me. So I gave him glory from morning to night, through the night, in my dreams, it never stopped. And I prayed for everything. I prayed for people I knew were sick. I prayed for the glorious mornings. I prayed for everything except me. I was content with my dementia. I was content knowing that this disease was going to take me out because there's no cure for it. Your brain does not regrow. And they had MRI pictures to show me that my brain looked like Swiss cheese. There was missing sections. There was no hope. So I thought. But I was so happy. And I was happy for what I had. It was enough. I was content to go on and deal with my suffering. And then a miraculous thing happened to me. As I said, the story's not over with. My dementia was soon to be ended. Now I've got five lovely grandchildren who I've been allowed to watch grow up. Right now I would say their ages are six, seven, eight, nine, and sixteen. Wow. And I know their parents. 
One's my son, one's my daughter. I have two children, Ryan and Carrie, wonderful children. Children raised in a Christian home, children that know God. And I know my grandchildren know God. So before I was unable to drive at all, I decided to gather up all the toys of the grandkids and bring them to their house. And that I did. One was a full bucket of balls that uh, that had been gathered over the years. And I took these toys along with all those balls to my grandson Owen, who at the time was three years old. And he had already developed a strong arm. It's like, okay, this guy's going to be a pitcher. He's going to be in baseball. He's going to be a pitcher like his daddy was when his daddy was young. A uh, bullet of an arm. So I made the journey over to spend the day with Avery, my little granddaughter, and her younger brother, Owen, who was three. One of the first things that Owen asked Grandpa is, let's go play catch. I look at his mom, Terry, and go, catch? <laughs> you kidding? You know, I can't catch a ball. But there's a whole bucket. Sure, I'll entertain them. And we went out into the front yard. And as Owen threw the first bullet, he threw it to my right side, the side where my hand didn't work. And the arm wasn't too far behind it. And I reached out and caught that. I did a double take. I was I was shocked. Terry standing next to me, Owen's mom, was kind of surprised too. I mean, this hand couldn't hold a coffee cup without dropping it. But it reached out, caught a caught a fast hard pitch. In my amazement, I said, "Owen, Throw me another ball. And he did, almost in the same location. I reached out and I caught the second ball. Double amazed. Oh, this is just too much. This is just coincidence. Ryan, throw me a third ball. And he did. And I caught that one too. Something was up. And as I, holding the three balls, I went, well... I used to know how to juggle, pitched him in the air, and began to juggle. And it was at that moment God stepped into my life again. Mm. Gave me a bonus healing. All of a sudden, my coordination returned. My mind cleared of that fuzzy cloud gone. My strength came back. I was healed in a moment's moment of time. My grandson, 
is involved. I don't have doctors. I don't have surgeons. There's no connection to anybody else. This had to have come from God himself. He healed me. I'm telling you, folks, it's been an amazing ride because my life has just been restored. I've been healed. In fact, I joke about the idea that I've had bonus healing through years of construction and years of, of physical labor. I am like a lot. We've got our bad backs. We've got our bad knees. All the years of refinishing flooring. Bad knees, bad back. Those got healed too. I got bonus healing. It wasn't just dementia. <laughs> he took care of a few other problems too. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. It's my story. You know, I never thought I would be able to do my special effect lighting. But what you see twinkling behind me is some of the work that I did before. Never thought I would do it again. But I've done this since I've been healed. My hand doesn't shake. I'm steady. My coordination is back. My vision is back to enable me to do this type of work again. Amazing. Amazing. My life has been turned around. I found my story. My stories in his story. His story. in this book you've got a story too and it's in this book mixed in with his story don't wait too long to find your story your story's here too and the miracles that go with it they're in his story. But you've got to open the book to find your story. And I promise you that if you ask Jesus into your heart, <laughs> you'll find your story. Like I found my story. Amen. Amen.